and welcome back. I'm here with my good friend Tracy. I'm here with my wonderful friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarballin. Today we are finishing up with the epic finale of House of the Dragon. Epic. Epic. <laughs> epic. Epic. I don't really use that word lightly, <laughs> but damn, I would put that in like all caps bold. All caps bold. Oh my god. Fiery badass font of some kind. Epic. Epic. I will say that season one felt like the prologue of a book. Yes. This season is setting everyone up. And it makes so much sense when you look at it that way that you're just opening up right at the end of this finale for like this massive plot explosion this massive world banding opportunity and i'm just like (gasps) excited it gives you those bits and pieces i feel like before the real story starts Mm -hmm. and i think considering where they wanted to end season one at Mm -hmm. it was tricky yeah it was really tricky Mm -hmm. and now I understand more of why the time jumps were so necessary Mm -hmm. and I think for the most part they did as good of a job as they could with all of the time jumps and skipping around and whatnot Mm -hmm. I have to say I'm really happy with it I did have questions of course (laughs) I can't wait I love your questions Okay, so like the highlight, I think, of season one has been all of the small moments and this nuclear family with the Targaryens because they're all related. Yeah. But, you know, uncles, cousins, brothers, wives, and all of the slow burn tension that's kind of building Mm -hmm. right before this family just shreds each other to pieces. It really feels like modern fantasy Mm -hmm. but like the Hatfield and the McCoys like this is just gonna get brutal Mm -hmm. I think as a whole the low parts for me have been the spectacle Mm. of some of the episodes where Mm. I feel like they try to give you this big twist or Mm -hmm. explosive moment that had me questioning things where it kind of felt Like, I was questioning whether or not it felt authentic because Mm -hmm. there's little things where it's like, would that really work that way? I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would have traded a lot of the spectacle for more of a payoff. Uh, I thought you were going to say dragons. No, (laughs) for more payoff in the end of the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. It was an awesome moment. I immediately wrote down, God damn it, WTF in my notes. Like that was the first thing I wrote down after the end of this episode. Because of course, like you don't want to see something like that happen to a child, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But him getting eaten by this uncontrollable dragon, it felt like they were really trying to give us the Ned Stark moment Mm. again. Oh, interesting. Okay. But... You know, it's it's a cliffhanger, sure, in that sense. It was the same mm-hmm. as it being a cliffhanger. But I feel like there was that attempt to get the same feeling and same reaction. Mm-hmm. But Ned Stark was such a complex character. And he was, I would say, the 
main character of the series. So like that whole level of WTF, Mm -hmm. it cannot be remade, Mm -hmm. I don't think, ever again Mm -mm. in a TV series Mm -mm. ever. No. So I think like Luke's death, yeah, it was really sad, but it's not going to hit the same way. And to me just felt like kind of a traditional cliffhanger Mm. that's used so often Mm -hmm. in tv Mm -hmm. but it was still fun to watch it wasn't bad it wasn't bad yeah i kind of had the same reaction i was like there were certainly predictable moments things that you just kind of expected to happen in one form or another i mean we've kind of been asking which one of these kids is gonna bite it in the series anyway (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) we're like which one is it gonna be because one of them's gonna die like you just know it you just know it it's gonna happen one of these kids is gonna die and of course of course it's like super sweet luceris who's like i'm not fit to be the heir to drift mark and i don't want it and then when like he's sent off to be the messenger and as soon as that happened i was like oh no Oh, no, no, no. He's done for. He's a baby. I know. What are you thinking, Renia? I know. I know. (laughs) And these are like your two heirs. You know what? I I understand her decision, though. She, as an heir, was continuously passed over for the opportunity to actually behave as the heir to the throne. And she is trying to live in this moment where maybe things are going to be okay. And at the same time, when she was doing it, I was like, where, where's their guard? Where's, where's someone to have their back? You are sending children to go do this solo into what is basically just a hair's breadth away from war. And yeah. So like, I, I could understand what she was doing, but I was also like, you are downplaying the seriousness of the situation if you think that their lives are not in danger and you should not be sending ravens instead. Because yes, princes and dragons are fucking cool and faster, but you know what wouldn't hurt? Is if they shot the fucking raven out of the sky. Or I don't know, a dragon ate the raven. Yeah. <laughs> that does not hurt as much. Yeah, I do like how last week we talked about at the Greens small council meeting, Mm -hmm. it was mentioned that House Baratheon, I believe, Mm -hmm. was going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. Here we see it, Storm's End, Mm -hmm. we end up there and the Greens have already made a marriage pact, so. Yeah, Aemon's already fucking there. Of course he is. Of course he is. Oh, that scene where he, where Luke drops in and lands and then you see Vagar and the lightning right she's just all lit up and I was like oh god the sinking feeling in my Mm -hmm. stomach where I was like this is it this is it this is bad this is so bad so bad so bad I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry (laughs) yeah I think though I'm, I'm getting like way ahead of myself but like I, I even have my notes and I'm still feeling like all over the place with this episode because it is really? just like, really? yeah, so much, so much. So go where you want. I think like the first like three fourths of the episode really shined. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have watched 15 more minutes of them looking over the map and so plotting cool. their case and mm-hmm. how they're going to do things. And also... 
I am so intrigued and so curious about what Damon is doing. Yeah. I think I know. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, this is it. This is like the, uh, where I'm like, oh, what is happening? What is happening? That was the part that really sucked me in. Yeah. Now I have even more questions about the dragon bond after this episode mm-hmm. because we've kind of opened the door for within the TV show for it to be canon that dragons kind of do what they want. Like mm-hmm. Daenerys must have just been really in tune with, with her, her dragons, dragons because she has three and yeah. she's able to like for the most part control them. So do you think that Damon's like building up a fleet? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There's 13 dragons that are to be used for side side black if yeah. they can find riders. So yeah. it's like that's what he's doing right now. Yeah. That dragon that was in the pit, I don't know, it looked like a cave. Yeah. That's the second biggest dragon after Vagar, who is riderless. Okay. Vermithor? Vermithor. I love that you know the names for the dragons. I love your love of the dragons. I love it. I had to look it up. I had to look this up. I didn't know immediately, but... Yeah, he's singing lullabies. That's exactly what I wrote down. I was like, Damon's wandering through a cave singing lullabies to dragons. Yeah, he sure was. He sure was. I was like, is this your nightly routine? You just like Smith, a singer. He's wandering through. That was great. It was. It was great. It was really lovely. Everything about this episode, I felt, was filmed really well, really intentionally. Just so many, even little things, just little things like Rhaenyra walking to the war room. I had two favorite <laughs> moments of yes, this please. entire Tell episode. That was what I wrote down first. Uh-huh. My favorite scene of this whole entire episode was when she is walking with her guards and they are in lockstep and kind of like this slow motion yes. to the war room. Uh. And it was just... Ugh, it's chills. so sleek. Goosebumps. It's yes. so sleek. Like everything, her hair, the crown, her cloak, the way that her guards are around her, it's dark and it's sleek. And I mean, seriously, you put something in slow motion and it's instantly badass. And this was like, yes. I wonder how many takes <sighs> that it took to get that shot perfectly. <laughs> because they're all in motion, like with yes. each step, you know, their heads rise and fall at the same time it's with the incredible. music. And it could have been a music video. Now I need to see that with like <laughs> trap music. Trap music. Trap music for Nira. <laughs> war room walk scene. Yeah. And really like the preparation for the war room. That fucking map. That map. What was that? How did they? I guess it was lit from underneath with glass. That first scene where it's like the guy lighting all those candles real fast. Yeah. That's what they push underneath. Slid underneath. Yeah, yeah. And that lit up the the table underneath. And it was so cool. That was so cool. I was like, what an effect. And now I want that for my my family room. Can I get my – can I do that for my dining room table? (laughs) prop department. (laughs) Merchandising department. (laughs) I would like it, please. So cool, so cool. And then, like, getting to see, like, I thought of you when they were, like, putting all the pieces on the board and listing off all of the families and everything, and I was like, Amber, here it is. This is for you. 
And it was over too fast. It was over too <laughs> fast. I could barely keep up. I was like, no, go back, go back. I need more. Yeah. I mean, it does kind of come through like the the rest of the episode because it's always it's always coming back to that war room. It's almost every other scene takes place in the war room. And each time it seems as though we're getting more information about Rhaenyra, the kind of queen she will be, and what kind of ally she's going to attract, and how she approaches the situation versus the men in the room around her. And I just thought everything about those back and forth scenes was so good. I thought it was so good. So well, they keep going back and forth from that. Like the men want power and ambition and war mm-hmm. and the women are expected to, maybe not expected, but in this case, both Rhaenyra and Alicent are the ones showing restraint. Yeah. And, and don't Rainey. want deaths. And, and Rainey's, yeah. but this was even mirrored with as soon as Rainey's is brought together back with Corley's, mm-hmm. like, she's like, yeah, you know, it's it's just kind of how it goes. You abandon the family for adventure. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're right, you're right. You know, how about I don't declare and we just live our lives. But and she's well, like- let's, let's start at the beginning and see if, okay, we'll go through these things. And yeah. if there's anything that pops up in any of these scenes that you want to talk about, I'm sure. We start at Dragonstone. And Mm -hmm. she's kind of preparing Luke for his duties, in the sense. Mm -hmm. Rainey's arrives, and then we get, like, this list of things that happened. Viserys is dead, Aegon was crowned, and then we get the childbirth scene, which is merged with Daemon preparing for war. I thought it was very blunt how it's like this is the man's war and this is the woman's war mm-hmm. yeah so i think they keep going back to that and i as actually she's giving birth she- no i was just gonna say i think that the scene is so well filmed she's screaming in pain and then it's a and flash to dragons and yes and damon I mean, plotting and pl- yeah preparing so while he's doing all of that shit, she's like pushing out a baby. She and not able to grieve the loss of her father. Like she's just received news that her father is is dead. And I think that that was one of the things that was really like well I keep saying well done, but it was the fact that that stress of finding out that her father is dead, her throne has been ripped away from her. That stress brings labor. There you go. Like, this is what happens. And I feel as though talking about themes for the entire season, I think motherhood and the real pain and trauma that is part of motherhood and the labor process has been, like you said, it's really bluntly kind of put out there for people. But I really appreciate it because I just don't think that it is seen enough to understand what it actually means to be a woman who goes through something like this. And she has to do it while she's the queen and there's potentially a battle happening and her husband's out there trying to plan a battle and a war. And so she behind has her back. behind her back while they can all hear her screaming and no one is like, hey, Damon, maybe we should wait for the queen to do this. Like, could we pause for a second? No, they're all like totally fine with this because this is urgent. Everything needs to happen and be yeah. taken care of right now. 
But then she like gets her boys in there and is like, nope, you need to go stop him from doing this. How do you feel about this? I want to ask you something oh, because please. this is something that I've seen brought up. I don't know which parts of which scenes were written by whom, you know, mm-hmm. but do you feel like it's slightly pandering to always keep coming back to the women characters and kind of, how do I want to say this? Their motivations always seem to be motherhood, children, babies, it seems like in this season for almost every female character. I do not. And I think the reason that I don't is that it's being represented in a far more complex way than what is normally associated with motherhood and the responsibilities of motherhood. I feel that, especially since like each birthing scene that we've had has been different, it gives an opportunity to see that it is different. And it doesn't even matter if it's different for each woman. It can be different for the same woman at different times. And as silly as it may sound, because again, like this is something we talk about a lot, the way that women's issues present themselves, but that's not everyone's everyday conversation. And the way that it's kind of not necessarily like every single episode the same way put in your face, I don't find it pandering. I almost find it necessary. And I feel it's being dosed out in a way that gets an important message, idea, Mm -hmm. theme across to an audience that doesn't necessarily think about those things all the time. Like, how often do you think men think about the pain of childbirth, the complex ways that women have to address being a person in the world while also having the responsibilities? Like, do you, maybe Rhaenyra didn't even want that baby to begin with. Maybe this is a blessing, you know? Like, that's another thought on top of this, is that this baby not living gives her the opportunity to stride out and take care of shit instead of having to, like, immediately breastfeed her child and snuggle her child, which she would need to do for the child to thrive and survive. So it is a very complex theme, and I think putting it so bluntly out there makes it so you can't possibly miss the fact that this is something that they want to be a theme to be discussed on several levels. At least that's how I interpret it. I think that's a very fair assessment. Thank you. I just, I feel like sometimes it can be kind of lazy writing. Sure. It's like, oh, this character is a woman. Well, how are we going to give her motivations? Yeah. Well, women have babies, so Mm -hmm. that's what motivates her. Mm -hmm. It's like women are so much more than that. Absolutely. And I think that they've done a fairly decent job of bringing some of those other motivations through. Mm -hmm. But when I look at Rainey's not roasting everyone, Mm -hmm. I interpreted that as, well, she's a mother and some of those children standing behind Allison are innocent. Mm -hmm. So she's not going to kill them because she's good. (laughs) Right. And they had just had that conversation Mm -hmm. about being women Mm -hmm. and... Mm-hmm. escaping, I guess, the status quo of what a wim- woman is. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. I have mixed feelings on it. Absolutely. On one case, I think it was handled pretty well. Mm -hmm. But again, I haven't read all of the source material, so Mm -hmm. I can't make the statement of like, oh, or are they kind of like washing Mm -hmm. some of these characters down Mm -hmm. to bring forth something else? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll have to read. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll have to read. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I certainly am interested and potentially picking up the books at some point. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Me There's too. so many, so many things to read at the moment, though. Just like so many. So childbirth scene. I think this is maybe one of the best scenes filmed for TV, maybe ever that I've seen. I'm glad that they showed it. Like Same. I'm glad they had that up close. Like, yeah, this is what it looks like. Deal with it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, seriously, her pacing around. And the way she's holding her back, the way that she's If we can like, show a guy getting half of his head lobbed right? off, we can show childbirth. We can definitely show something <laughs> like this because, I mean, for real, that's what it's like. Like, I could feel her pain while she was going through it. Like, I could remember. Great, great acting. Seriously. Darcy? Emma? Emma Darcy. Emma Darcy. Beautiful job. They're doing yeah. a beautiful job. I absolutely love everything that they bring to their performance it's brilliant the other thing about it was the flash of the dragons and i think you were kind of going in that direction and then i like kind of derailed you and i'm so sorry but yes dragon flashes during childbirth what is that okay so with a song of ice and fire a lot of the magic that happens has to do with birth and death Mm-hmm. and dragons mm-hmm. like it's all intertwined mm-hmm. like Danny's baby dies she puts it on the funeral pyre with Caldrogo, mm-hmm. and that's when her dragons hatch mm-hmm. so I don't know what statement they're trying to make or maybe they're having this inserted so that viewers will question that some more and there will be payoff later and mm-hmm. I hope there is payoff later mm-hmm. because I want to know more about how the magic of this world works Definitely. especially with these flashes of the dragon as she's giving birth Mm -hmm. because we know that they have eggs stowed away Mm -hmm. that they're incubating Mm -hmm. so i'm like are we gonna get some more baby dragons now that her daughter has died Mm -hmm. i don't know baby dragons yeah and then for her to like just be like i'll I'll wrap up my daughter i've got this i'm gonna take care yeah she prepares the body herself which was just brutal (sighs) brutal my heart not the first time Rhaenyra has just gotten up after childbirth and gone on to do something else because that is what her duty and her responsibility requires her to do. And she lives up to it. And I think that that has got to be commendable. But it's also like, that's just what women do. Like, we don't really get a lot of a whole lot of options. Like, you have a baby and that doesn't change anything about the world around you and your responsibilities in it there's still a gajillion things to do whether you are a stay-at-home mom or the queen of the seven kingdoms or whatever it is you know what i mean like you don't get a break and she doesn't give herself a break she doesn't even change her clothes it looks like she barely gets her hair brushed out for the funeral yeah i think this was a really really great scene because they are giving us the burial and the crowning in the exact same moment which is just like mind-blowing yeah and you know what i felt like rainier really needed that 
when whichever Eric it is shows up and has... I think it was Eric with an E this with time. An e. Okay. <laughs> Eric with an E shows up. Good on ya. And has the crown. In that moment for Rhaenyra, I was just like, oh girl, you need this. Do you know what got me? You need this what? Again, Tell it was me. the soundtrack. Oh, so that, good. That song that played while he's kneeling and then everyone else kneels, I was just like, ugh. Yes. How do you do it? How do you do time and time again? Same. Like, this is criminal. <laughs> what what did I don't know how to say the name mm. who of the person that does the music, but did they like sell their soul to the devil? Maybe. I mean, this is criminal how good it is. I agree with you. Everyone bows and then yep. there's that close up on Rainey's face. I think it was pride. Yes. I agree with you. I, I mean, seriously, at the end of the episode, I was like, you know who gets MVP for me? Rainey's. Rainey's again? Again. Seriously, that fucking woman. Love her. She brought it all together. She's like, I'll go fly and make sure that no shenanigans happens in the shipping lanes. Peace. She's probably ready to get out of there, though. I mean, honestly. She's been doing I've, so much. She's been holding down the fort while Coralise is off doing whatever the fuck it is that he's doing. I mean... To be fair, he does end up coming to the table with like, I have secured the stepstones. Let's your okay, place. Let's, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's so yeah, far ahead. We're jumping around so much, but we've got the council room. And this is when they're all walking in and locked up. Our... loved it. And then this, Woo! okay, this comes to my second favorite scene of Ooh. the episode. It's when Reyna brings her wine and she's like, wine, my queen. And she, like, urges her to the table. And not only her, but she brings her sister, Bela, to the table. So, like, she's inviting these two women to the place that she has been denied pretty much her entire life. If we go by what we saw every time there's a small council meeting and everyone kind of laughed Rhaenyra out of the room. Yep. So I really, really liked this scene. It was was just that... That little nod to yes. Bela yes. to come with, and it just, oh, it got me. It got yep. me good. That was absolutely one of the moments that I wrote down as well, and for the same reason. Because I think that is one of the things that needs to be seen, is women supporting other women. We see Rhaenyra walk to the table and invite her daughters to come with her. They are part of this and should be part of this. And I mean, seriously, it's literally giving them a space at the table and I love it. And then to have like Rainey's off to the side with that look on her face, watching everything Rhaenyra is doing and knowing she is going to like, like she is a finding- woman's place is in the war room. <laughs> <laughs> new t-shirt but i mean for real because had any of those women not been there the level of bloodshed that would have already taken place would have been catastrophic exactly if any of those men had been in charge this would be a very very different outcome and instead we're seeing this individual come forward and say i'm not going to be the first person to do it like, I'm not going to do it. Like, I am queen. This is who I am. They are wrong. But I am not going to destroy my entire kingdom. 
Well, we'll see about that. We'll see you, Tracy. (laughs) I mean, my note at the end of the season is very different than it is at this moment here. Like, Rhaenyra has a handle on the situation. That's why it was so hard for me, because it was like, does does that make all of this moot at that point? But I think to this council room where we learn from Damon's side is that there's 13 potential dragons right now for the side of the Blacks. And I think this is going to be seasons two and three. I mean, the acquisition of riders for these dragons. I don't know how much time it's going to be, but I think that's really intriguing and exciting. I'm fairly certain the world is opened up. Now we're getting the other houses in on the fight. Can't wait. It's going to be really cool. Mm -hmm. So we come to Otto's arrival. Oh, my God. And he's like, where's Rhaenyra? And, of course, she ends up on Dragonback, which lands there. And I'm like, very cool. Badass Mm -hmm. arrival. And then Damon has this quote. Oh, my God. I don't even know if I should read this because it's so profanity-laced, but I don't care. Maybe I'll just bleep it for fun. (laughs) Because I was, like, giving him this proposition, bring your sons here to the Red Keep, and they can squire, do whatever. I don't remember what he says. They can be cupbearers. Yeah, and Damon says, I would rather feed my sons to dragons than have them carry shields and cups for your drunken usurper, cunt of a king. And I was like, Yes! (laughs) That's how I feel, too! I was like, someone needed to say it, right? Exactly. Someone needed to say it. Yes, I agree completely. Like, as much as I appreciated Rhaenyra's calm in that moment, Damon was absolutely my rage side coming out. And I was like, yes. There are two wolves inside of you. Yes. (laughs) One of them them wants restraint and the other one wants to just... Fucking burn them. Part of my response when Otto was finished with his like, this is my, this is the generous offer from King Aegon was like, you know what? With every single word you just said, you admit to treason and I'm just going to have my dragon roast all of you. If you're the queen, I mean, her even approaching him, grabbing the pin off of his lapel or off of his like jacket and like throwing it. And she's like, you're no fucking hand or whatever. Like, yes, like that was still good, but I kind of still wanted him to be either inflamed or beheaded because fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. You know, if Otto was taken care of, then things would get a lot easier because he's right. the mastermind, master manipulator on the other side. But And ag- again, we have a moment where we're facing either the possibility of eliminating this person and potentially preventing a massive war or having it ignite a massive war. Rainey's with her dragon. If she would have flamed them up, what would have happened? I don't know how I feel about him giving her the folded up page of the book that she gave Alicent years ago. Like, that would not be anything to me. I would be like, I would rip it up. I'd be like, I don't care. Like, this means nothing to me. No. (laughs) Cut your ties. Cut your losses. You just, this is, this is a place where you just go, you know what? Anything we had is so far in the past. We are different people now. Mm -hmm. Different agendas done like that means nothing to me 
even though I do, it was smart for her to say, I'll give my decision tomorrow. And then it like, yeah, moves on from there. I'm trying to remember where it does go from there. Well, we have this scene between Rhaenyra and Damon, and he assaults her upon hearing the prophecy and he's like dragons made us king so Mm -hmm. i mean i think what this is going to be is the moment in the series where we start to see a split between rhaenyra and daemon and i'm not sure if that's where it goes but it kind of feels like they needed a moment to start making a schism between the two of them yeah and i think this is it Mm -hmm. afterwards we get the corley's and rainy's scene (sighs) when he just even with his cane the swagger as he walks up to the map and he starts looking over things and i'm Mm -hmm. like this is the guy that you want on your side this is Mm -hmm. this guy is great i love corley's such the actors everyone so good so good so good i appreciated the the scene between corley's and rainey's just the you abandoned me and he's like i lost everything and she's like we 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 lost everything remember it's we and i that's another thing that i think is a good thing to put out there because that does happen frequently where like couples experience trauma and rather than turning to each other they turn away from each other and I think Rainey's really loves her husband. I think she really wanted him to be there. And I think him severing himself that way from her, just like, she's been carrying it around for six years. And she's still just like, you abandoned me. And by the way, shit's gone down. Because he's like, I don't want to swear for Rainier because everything she touches, she destroys. And Rainey's is like, no, you don't get it. She's the only one showing restraint. She's yep. the one keeping this from turning into total bloodshed so i love that she's like very quickly sharing what her observations have been and then yes to have Coralie's come in and be like okay well you don't have enough over here to win the battle but by the way he he chooses to swear for her does he swear for her first and then tell her that he they have the stepstones or is it the other way around he says that they'll stand with her, and he's like, and by the way, I own the Narrow Sea, so I'm cutting off travel and trade to King's Landing, and we're going to lay siege <laughs> to this motherfucker. And I'm just Suck like, it. Yes. Suck yes. it. Oh, so Corley's. good. So cool. So good. And then to have Rainies walk up next to Rhaenyra and be like, I'm going to go make sure that that shit, I got it. I got it. Everything's going to happen the way that it should. I got you. They are the dream team. This couple, I love them so much. <laughs> I feel as though Rainey's <laughs> is getting to experience something she never thought she would get to see. And instead of being petty and jealous and competitive, she's choosing to support Rhaenyra and be on her team. And that is awesome. Like, I love seeing yeah. that because how powerful are they together instead of being separate? And that's just cool. Lord Corlys is like, we are connected by blood as well as intention. And like just that theme of family and connection and loyalty even, even when it's pressed by dragons, Damon. I don't know if that was overkill or not when that happened, but whatever. Anyway, so Corlys and Rainies are on Rhaenyra's team. And this is when Rhaenyra decides to send her sons. No, Jaceris is yes. the one that's like, send us, mother. 
Send us this is a message. Yeah. Jace will fly to the Erie and then to Winterfell and Luke will go to Storm's End. Yeah. I'm very sad I didn't get to see Jace in the Erie because right. for one, that's probably my favorite A Song of Ice and Fire Westeros location. Yeah. It's in my opinion the coolest castle. Anyways, so very cool. It'd be nice to see Winterfell, but season two, season two, season two, season two, two. we'll be there. It'll be so exciting. So, Damon goes singing in his dragon lair, and Mm -hmm. he's getting to know, getting to (laughs) know Thor. I guess trying to appease him. Getting to know you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I don't know. Like maybe he's trying to have interactions with this dragon so that it doesn't freak out if he brings it a new writer. That's kind of what I'm thinking. It feels like he's probably been doing this for a minute. So Right? This is probably what he does when he's drunk yeah. and bored. Like <laughs> chaos and dragons. <laughs> he goes and sings to dragons. So yeah, he does that. And then... We talked a little bit about Luke showing up at Storms and Vagar and the Lightning... Amen is betrothed to one of the Lord's daughters. He's like, ah. give me your eye. I, okay. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? Amen. You... I have I have issues with this whole Tell as me. soon as they leave. Okay. <laughs> the actor that plays Amon is awesome. Yeah. But this scene where he's like flying on Vagar and he has this cartoon villain laugh like (laughs) and I'm like I just it took me out of it a little bit yeah yeah. (laughs) I wrote down Arax is so cute because little baby Arax so tiny and nimble and just kind of darting in and out and I knew it was gonna happen yep and then we have evil villain laugh where I'm like he just Uh, ruined it for me everything although that scene where is it Vagar like flies over the shadow yeah like flies over eric's and you're like holy shit holy shit that's a big dragon that is a big dragon it's like (laughs) it's like a canoe pulling up to like the titanic (laughs) yeah (laughs) super yacht even i mean titanic's even better seriously like holy shit what a difference like wow what a great way to show, like, side by side, this dragon versus dragon. I really hoped that Tiny and Nimble and Quick would get little Lucerus out of there. But that's, of course, not not what happened. But it, it does, it wasn't intentional, though, was it? It wasn't intentional, because Otto was literally waiting for the queen's response yeah. on the offer. Yeah. And he did that. Yeah. So Otto's going to be pissed oh god everyone's gonna be pissed but here's the thing too where i'm confused because otto wouldn't have been able to leave yet unless he left and is like send word with ravens to king's landing about your decision because he should still be docked there on the ship that he came in on it seems like so if he's not imprisoned or beheaded i don't know how they're gonna explain that unless he just left but that would be really weird for him to come all the way there and then be like, okay, well, like, send your, send your, send your response by, by Raven. Raven. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. We'll see. No, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that at all. And then we, of course, get 
the scene where she's informed by Damon and then there's just that look oh my on god. her face. Oh my god. That look. Um, Emma Darcy, man. Jeez. We love you. So well done. And I, I mean, at that point, she's found out that her father is dead. She has pulled a dead baby out of her body yeah. and Father wrapped it died, up. crowned, stolen, stillborn child, and yep. then other child murdered. And then other child murdered. What a day. What a day. The only time you see her, like, break down is when Damon, like, she walks away from the war table and Damon tries to hold her hand for, like, all of a second and, like, you see from behind her, like, her shake. Like, so I'm assuming yeah. weeping. And then she, like, stands back up and turns around. And I wrote down, the world is going to burn. Like, all yeah. caps burn. Like, oh, my God. Like, that reasonable Rhaenyra we had who was, like, I'm not going to be the person who's going to, like, go for all-out warfare. I think she's just been tossed in the trash. I know that it's probably going to end up turning into pure chaos. I was really looking forward to a Siege on King's Landing, though. That's me. Like, the most right? boring 10 hours. Of- <laughs> I just wanted show. siege tactics all yeah. day. <laughs> just 10 hours of siege tactics for me. Bring out the catapult. <laughs> Bring out the catapults. Ooh, look at the armor. Beautiful. Oh, oh, well all the trebuchets. Please. All the trebuchets. Gotta have yeah. them. I don't know. I'm I'm really excited for season two. Mm-hmm. The long wait begins and... Are they saying that it won't be until like 2024? That's what I assume. Yeah. I haven't heard, but I figured it was going to be a while. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And people listening, watching, who've been hanging out with us the past few weeks while we've been covering this... Thank you. Like and subscribe. Thank you. I'm really curious, Tracy, if you would want to maybe read Hedge Knight, Duncan Egg, or maybe Fire and Blood, because (gasps) it's been so long since I've read the Hedge Knight or the Duncan Egg novellas that I've forgotten mostly all of them, and it's quick, and it's good. I I have a suggestion. So I will order it. And I will put it in my suitcase and maybe we can read it together while we hang out. <laughs>